I'm Brandon Monroe, and alongside me, as always, is Mark Chavez, and this is the Bernie Breakdown. So starting off with Friday night, one of our favorites ended up picking up the win. Well, I guess it was my favorite. Ryan Priest absolutely, uh, maybe not dominating performance. He he was hand-in-hand hand probably the best car or truck with Zane Smith for most of the night. Priest did start on the pole. Zane Smith got out front early. Priest ended up taking the lead in stage two. And from there, he pretty much dominated the rest of the way. Able to repeat his win from last year, but it, it got really close there at the end. Uh, couldn't really see what happened because Fox's coverage is bad as ever. They kept no, never. I get yeah, not having the cameras there, it's, but it's, like they didn't show it anything. Was still, still not as bad as last week. Gosh, I don't know. Five five laps to go, and we're we're showing full screen replays when you could see the ticker and Zane yeah, Smith and Carson Hosevar checking just, like six. That was bad. Just, that was bad. Like they, they never had a camera of Jessica Friesen's flip. If they wanted to, they could probably show us the last five laps of the race. They just didn't. Uh, I mean, it's not the first time they've done another. I don't know why guys. I mean, we missed. Uh, they were showing it in a small side-by-side window, so I guess at least we got to see it. But we missed what was the pass for the win, uh, at least as the attention point in the Xfinity race for NBC, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did show it, and then they showed it immediately after. But I don't remember what replay they were showing. But uh, they barely mentioned how Allgaier's there before he's already passed Almendinger. They're pretty late, but well, I, I will say, uh, I mean, yeah, Priest was your favorite, but that was because I didn't want to pick the same guy as you. <laughs> I let you pick him. But our two favorites combined still led 144, uh, 150 laps uh, in the entire race, and then. Uh, my dark horse finished third. I'll take that. Carson Hosevar has been pretty solid lately. Uh, and we'll talk more about that later. But I want to also just... It was obviously a great race for, for Ryan Priest. He deserves a full-time ride in something. I honestly don't care what it is. I personally am not rooting for him to get the 10. Uh, but if it is the 10, so be it. I'm not going to say that he doesn't deserve it. Uh, he just deserves to be full-time in something. Uh, I think Zane Smith also deserves to move up. I don't know if that spot is there, but I think right now, I think he's the championship favorite. I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd probably agree with that. Well, obviously a lot can change between now and then. And a favorite, especially in this format, is probably like, if they get to the final four, still probably more than like, thir- realistically, 35% to win, maybe 40% to win. So, it obviously, I would not be shocked if he ultimately doesn't win it, but if I had to pick a guy right now, which we will do in a couple weeks, it probably is that guy. Uh, but it was a, not a great race for most of the guys on, on the bubble. The race itself, pretty decent for Derek Krause, but did incur a 10-point penalty before the race even started. Uh, not Not the kind of mistakes you could be making when you're preciously on the edge of that bubble trying to get in. Yeah. I mean, what you were saying about um, Zane Smith being the favorite, I, I have to agree. John Hunter Nemechek, it, him and Ben Rhodes over the last couple of weeks have kind of just been taking a step back. I know John Hunter was good at Knoxville, but 
we're not going to another dirt track. So, I mean, having a top five run there doesn't really mean much moving forward the rest of the season. Next couple of races, you know, we have another road course and then a track like Pocono, which is, you know, those are both something you're not going to see for the remainder of the year. So Zane Smith, he's pretty much, other than races where he's had actual problems, I don't really feel like he's struggled at all. So I, I think it's very safe to say yeah, he I probably think, is the favorite. I want to say there was one race, maybe Texas. They had something they just, happen at Texas, though, too. Did, did they? I can't remember. I feel like there was one race where they just weren't very good, but that still was like a 10th place finish, like, which is okay if that's what your bad day is going to be. Right. Uh, but, no, as I was saying, like, the playoff guys had... Had trouble for sure. Kraft with his penalty. And then Endfinger De Benedetto and Tanner Gray all finished 30th or worse, uh, costing, I think, two of them a shot at pointing their way in. Although I think Tanner Gray was probably not going to be able to do it anyway. And put Endfinger in a position where I think he's safe if no one points their way in. But if someone goes out and wins and now he's racing crafting for that spot. Not a spot I'd want to be in. A lot, lot more precarious than he was last week. Um, yeah, like, like I said, Zane Smith, solid day. Uh, taking over the points lead with, with his performance lately. The first time he's led the points since Daytona. That's, uh, that's what happens when you have a penalty for <laughs> gets you DQ'd, true, I guess. True. true. Uh, that, that is true, but... Took him some time. He did claw back from it. Now has a point lead, a little bit over twenty points. Uh, certainly not safe, just because anything can happen. He gets in a wreck that's not his fault, which feels far more likely in the truck series than the cup series. You saw it uh, with Grant Enfinger on Friday night. His own business and Grant and for the time. Yeah. yeah. So. Now, granted, it only Corey Hahn doesn't affect his playoff chances since he's not running full time. Uh, it does affect the 51 in the owner's points, but we don't really true. care about I, that. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm also pretty sure they're pretty solidly in the top 10, I would imagine. Well, they, they have the two wins, too, from Heim, so his wins true, count. True, true. So, so they're, they're, they would have been locked in. They're, yeah, they're fine. Yeah. Um, I just, KBM does, definitely seems a bit off this year. Not, like, bad, bad, which is why I think it gets hidden. Korheim does have two wins. Uh <clears throat> Um, John Hunter has a win. Chandler Smith has a win, but just at the bare minimum, the consistency is just not there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, I would not be surprised if they get it figured out from the playoff time. But I still feel like I honestly, I was thinking about this for all season. We had like a big four. I feel in the truck series. I think a bare minimum, it's a. It Ben Rhodes is no longer part of that. Yeah, and I feel like he really worked his way in there because he was so good at dirt Bristol, and it just kind of built momentum. And he, he really hasn't lived up to well, that. Well, I mean, he had led the points. He had led the points, and they're they're good at point racing, and they would still have like top five runs. But ever since like dirt Bristol, I feel like maybe the honestly the third guy on that team. I think Majeski and Eckes have had more impressive runs since dirt Bristol. Uh, more consistently. Uh, but I agree. And I honestly think you almost like don't even include, like, I think it's just on in my feeling right now, 
It's just Zane Smith. Now, I don't think John Hunter and Chandler Smith are all that far back, but whereas before, like, they were slam dunks to be in the Final Four, depending on, I, I think, actually don't know if we'll do another, I don't know exactly when we'll do uh, another round of predictions, um, but if it is after Road, or uh, Mid-Ohio, uh, I would not be surprised seeing how that shakes out if one or both of John Hunter and Chandler Smith are not in at least one of our predictions, just because guys like Hosevar and Majeski and even Ekis, although I don't think he's been as good as those two, have just been so consistent. Just, I'm just looking for one of them to win at this point. That, I, I feel confident Hosevar will. Um, I don't feel as confident Majeski will. I think we talked about this I, earlier in the week. He just he hasn't had. He's very much like Sam Mayer esque. Like they're close. But he hasn't really put together that performance that makes you go, yeah, he's going to win any day now. I don't even – like, I pick Sam Mayer a lot because I like him, and I do think there's a chance that when he wins, it'll just be – he goes out there and just crushes it. Uh, but, like, Josevar is much more like Tyler Reddick, where he goes out, leads a bunch of laps. I didn't do that this weekend, but, I mean, Lane Smith and Ryan Priest had the, the field covered. Uh, but goes out, leads a, lot, a bunch of laps, has had races you could say he lost, uh, I've had two this year alone, and there's easily more you could argue. Um, sometimes his fault, sometimes not, you know. But, I mean, that's true for Tyler Reddick as well. And, and there's different categories of, like, guys who are, like, close to winning, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, I get what you're saying. And, like, post of our, that that's probably a good comp for him is Reddick in the Cup Series. I don't really know where I'd put Majeski, and I know Ekis has a win from last year as well, but... He wasn't full time. I think a lot of people forget that. And, you know, even though he's got that when you're trying to, you're waiting for him to kind of break through and establish himself. And both those guys, like, they're close, but they're not to the level where honestly, it's sometimes it's strategy and stuff. Ekis has been closer than Majeski, though. Yeah, no, I mean, Ekis, he's, he could have won Gateway. He could have won Texas. Like, he, I don't know. It's something Hosevar. like, obviously, these aren't all at the end of the race, but something like six, I think the broadcast said. Races this year, uh, passing him was the pass for the win. The last yeah. pass for the, the lead. So, I know some of those are a lot later than others. Yeah. But, uh, I, I would not be surprised if Hosea Majeski and Ekis all got a win this year. Um, but, just they're, they're racing right now on a week-to-week basis more consistently and more towards the front for in some, some of the races than either John Hunter or Chandler Smith are, and certainly more than uh, Majeski and Ekis' teammate Ben Rhodes is. So obviously, yeah. once the playoff come, try, and I don't think they do this, but KBM could absolutely be the kind of team that just does whatever they want during the regular season. I don't think they are, but I wouldn't be, it wouldn't be the most shocking thing. And we know that John Hunter and Chandler Smith have the talent to get there. So we'll see what comes playoff time, but... I certainly not. I don't feel as confident with that final four as I did up until like a couple weeks ago, really. Yeah. Just changing gears a little bit here because I know it's something we probably touched on a little bit last week. Is that 17 truck? Because that's something that people want to act like uh, the equipment there is not good based on the teammates of whoever's in that, you know, like Gray or Haley Deegan. This is. Two weeks in a row, they've gone out there and won. Is it about time we start like recognizing like that truck as you know? Obviously, not to the level like, of Smith, even though it's I a think top, but, at, at worst case, it is a B truck 
Mm-hmm. At worst case. And uh, I certainly think it's probably better than that. Uh, we've seen respectable runs from other guys that get in, and I think part of the problem is a talent issue uh, where, like, I do think there's... Like, Haley Deegan is probably... If every... Because obvi- I think part of it has to be mental here, too. And I'm sure... If things got better, she'd be able to start running off some top tens. But she was running like eleventh when she had yeah, she uh, wasn't an issue. running awful there. Like she was running decent and just something else again. Uh, but it's it's one of those things where obviously it's not her fault. Mo- I'd say a majority of the time this year have not been her fault. Uh, but it's a product of where she's running. She's running in that what is usually like a traffic jam chaos zone in the truck series and. She's unfortunate that she gets caught up in it a lot of the time, but there's a reason we're not seeing our top tier contenders get caught up in it because they're ahead of it. Mm-hmm. And so it's even if she was running, if she was finishing where she runs, she'd still be well outside the playoff picture. I don't want to lose sight of that either. Yeah. She would still be well behind everyone else that's in the picture right now. She'd be top 20 in points. I'm pretty confident in that. But. Even with her issues, like I don't, I haven't checked in a while. I do know Ryan Priest is still, obviously, especially now, well ahead of her in points. Yeah, I mean Haley Deegan. I don't think she's really sniffing the top twenty, and despite only running about like half the races, Ryan Priest is sixteenth. So, actually, he's only seventeen points behind Chase Purdy. Different team, but man, that's really pathetic because that's a, that's a Hattori truck. So that's pretty. Well, bad. he has been more consistent lately. But Purdy's ceiling does seem to be like a top ten occasion. You don't think he has any yet this year? I, I like that top ten occasion. Like that's I mean, more like Agram. I, I think Agram's well, probably. Well, there. I mean, Purdy Purdy has top fifteen finishes, so it doesn't take much more to get an occasional top ten. That's fair. Uh, but yeah, I, I just I I don't. Tanner Gray runs better than Haley Deegan, but does suffer from. The same thing, although I definitely feel like Tanner Gray's are a lot more self-inflicted than Haley Deegan's are. I would agree with that. Um, now, just looking through some of the other guys here that had good runs, I think I think you probably both have them circled. Uh, Max Gutierrez, second career truck start, driving for um, Austin Wayne Self's team. Eighth place that finish. Was, that was the team's <laughs> best finish since Texas in 2020. I, you know, it's funny, like, Austin Wayne Self, like, it, it seems like he shows speed every once in a while, and then something happens, and they finish, like, 25th when he's running, like, you know, top 12 all race. I I think this really says something about him, because I don't remember him ever running, like, through the field like Gutierrez does. And that was a guy I could never really get, like, a good read on, because, like, it felt like, ah, uh, maybe they're ready to take some type of step. But they never really do, and then you get a kid like Gutierrez in there, who again only a second career truck start and has that type of run. You know, he might have finished a little bit higher if he didn't get loose racing for position there late in the race too. But top ten's a top ten, and he ended up starting thirty six because I believe his qualifying time got disallowed. So he at a track where it was really hard to pass, he was able to move up through the field. So a very impressive run by him. Yeah, I wish we had gotten to see. Moffitt in the truck at a not dirt track. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because that would have given us, I feel like, a better feeling of what this truck is capable of. Uh, I do think this says more about Max Gutierrez, honestly, than 
Austin Wynn self. I, I don't think that that equipment's magically better because they've had other guys in the in the second truck occasionally, and they don't like the world on fire or anything. But eighth in the second start, I mean, eighth in the second start in the KBM truck would be pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this certainly I hope uh, leads to more more things for him. Uh, and I had to get on a plane and fly out back to to Mexico to run in the the NASCAR Mexico race on Sunday. So. Yeah. Uh, what a weekend. <laughs> yeah, so I I hope it this leads to more stuff. I think it will whether or not it, you know what that is who, to be determined. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know whether I know this is the second start of the year. I don't know what else he already has lined up, but I mean to, for anyone to go out and finish second in uh or finish eighth in their second start is pretty impressive. Uh, just looking at the rest of the top 10. I already mentioned Hosovar, but I just can't like it, it, it's I feel like already easy to forget his ankle is broken. Uh, his ankle is broken, and he's finished third. Uh, dominated last week, and put the car on the pole at Sonoma. Uh, he has four top fours in the last nine races, which is much better than we'd ever seen from him before that. And in addition to that, he easily could have had two more top fives at Charlotte and Knoxville. Uh, dominated Knoxville till his engine blew. Led Charlotte up until the very end uh, with a late caution. If he hadn't overraced the car, even if Priest gets by him, he still finishes in the top five. And I almost think you could even throw Sonoma in here. The fact that he was able to go out and put that car on the pole, because, yeah, he overdrove it in that last timing line, but he didn't need to. He was well clear of, of second place at that point to where if he had ran that full race, I, I think he could have gotten the top five at Sonoma if he wasn't injured. So just been very impressed with him. This is much better than what we saw last year, which was – in our, you know, when we would talk about it last year, he was like my poster guy for too many drivers in the Truck Series playoffs mm-hmm. because he was in there, and I don't, I think he had one top five at the time. That run at Darlington earlier in the year, and that was really it. And like two top tens or something like that. Like it was, he was my guy for like. There's too many guys, and and a lot of it just changes year to year. I would not necessarily argue this year that there are too many guys in. Like maybe there is, because maybe like. You would like to see a battle at least, but I don't think that Crafton, if he winds up being the guy that gets in, shouldn't be in as much as I thought Harsu Marshall had been in last year. But uh, Chai Majeski finished fourth, obviously, caused the wreck that took out uh, DiBenedetto Heim and Infinger. Uh, DiBenedetto very upset after that accident. Uh, I mean, I don't blame him at all, but he does have six top fives in the last nine races for Chai Majeski, so. Uh, been very solid, guys. He's he's knocking on the door. Uh, maybe he's out in the the driveway calling, letting him know he's coming in. Because like I said, he hasn't really gone out and dominated a race yet, but he's getting there. He's getting there. Uh, and one note with Stuart Friesen, uh, this is his first consecutive top fives of the season, and first since uh, Darlington Bristol last fall, uh, which last time he got consecutive top fives, uh, he actually finished fifth three times in a row. So maybe it's a good sign for him at mid Ohio. I don't know if he's ever finished top five. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Uh, couldn't either. <laughs> I mean, we've ever run mid Ohio. I mean, certainly, certainly, course, certainly yeah. didn't finish. Certainly didn't finish fifth at Sonoma. I know that much, yeah. but or top five at Sonoma, but, uh, any other guys that, that you want to shout out? I mean, I really only, I mean, I already touched on Gutierrez, you know, Jesse Little, solid top 20 finish. He's our fantasy guy. No surprise there at this point. I, I do 
wanted real quick, even though he didn't get a good finish. Like I felt even going into the race pretty confident in, in Jack Wood. Started great, good in practice, and then kind of just crashed himself. So Yes. Yeah, not we have those days. <laughs> like I if if you go back and listen to all of my picks at some point I'd probably block them out, but there's probably a handful of guys that I've said on the, the show so far where oh, they're gonna have a good day and they're backwards on the fence before lap thirty, so it happens, you know, but even, it, I, do, been I do think there's something there's something there at least. Like he's showing some speed. GMS though, I don't know what they need to do. They they're not to know. In a good spot, but I mean, other guys in like the top fifteen, another decent run for Dean Thompson and Chase Purdy, at least compared to where they normally run. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colby Howard finished sixteen, uh, Chris Wright seventeenth. So, not it's hard to say with all of them. Like, is Tory worse than they were with Austin Hill? Uh, I mean, obviously, I think even Ankrum yeah. is, is not as good as Austin Hill is. But is there maybe some equipment fall off too? I couldn't tell you. There's no way for us to really know. But I wouldn't be shocked if there's a little bit, just because we have seen better than this. I feel like from Ankrum. Before. Well, they've they've been a one truck team before, so going that's, to two that's trucks. True, that's true as well. I mean, and you look at Ankrum, and you know he he made the playoffs twice. Nineteen, he won a race to make it, and twenty, he. Did he make it? Were they? Maybe he didn't make it in twenty. Can't remember if there were eight trucks then. But regardless, he still finished top ten in points. He had ten top tens that year. So I mean, you, you've definitely seen a little bit of drop off. Doesn't have any top fives. Has only led four laps. He, I think. He, he I think them going it, to the trucks. Way. He did make it in nineteen. He, he did make it in nineteen. Right. Or in twenty. Yeah, yeah in twenty. He yeah, didn't. I couldn't couldn't remember if they had ten trucks then yet, but. I don't know. I, I think it's probably both. I think you, you you took a downgrade in drivers. I think expanding the full you know two full time teams, even though you have I guess extra money with sponsorship that Ankrum and Purdy brings in. I feel like maybe they they might have you know stretched themselves a little thin because before that you had a part time Xfinity effort with Austin Hill. I feel like a part time Xfinity effort where they were only running they probably only ran less than ten races a season at most. I think it was even less than that last year. So I kind of feel like maybe they just bit off a little more than they could chew. And and the fact that you have a downgrade in drivers, it's not helping either. I do think that Nice's other trucks, though, are actually ticking upwards. Mm-hmm. It wasn't too long ago where the guys that weren't, the, whatever that lead truck was, and those guys were running in the 20s. And they put three trucks in the top 17. So, uh, obviously, Hosevar's truck's still great. Whenever Chastain was getting in the truck, he was at least able to compete for wins and won a race. Uh, but even though the other two trucks definitely on the upswing, we might see even more competitive trucks in the series next year. They're not quite there, but they're getting into that, like, borderline, maybe they could throw themselves in the conversation early in the year type of thing. Yeah, I mean, really, I think it's going to come down to what Carson Hosevar is doing. I think at this point, I'd expect him to be full-time in the trucks, but you never know. You never know. I mean, Zane Smith had a cup ride lined up. It sounded like last year before Ganassi sold, so who knows what goes on behind the scenes that you know we don't hear anything about. So It'll be be interesting to see that. Turning to the cut line in the truck series, 
Uh, Derek Krause, he's now 29 points back. He finished 11th with nine stage points, but lost two points to the cut line. But in reality, he should have gained eight points on the cut line. He would, without that penalty, be sitting 19 back and might be, in my opinion, a favorite over Matt Crafton. Was, but was two with two races left, left 19 yeah. points, like it, it would be very, very close. Mid-Ohio, just because the road course kind of a wild card, don't really know what's going to happen. Just a lot more crazy things happen. Even Pocono, a little bit of one. But I would, with the momentum they've had, I'd probably... If you were giving me even odds, I'd probably take Krauss over Crafton. Uh, but 29 back, I know it's only 10 points, but when these guys are fighting for every point, it's a good good bit of points. I mean, it's literally almost over a third of what he is currently out. So I think, especially I'd, with a road course coming up for them, like I think you have to take advantage of the stage points in a race If like the that. strategy prevents, presents itself and you can finish, you know, top, Two or three. I don't think it, if you have a chance to finish in the top five in the race, I don't think it's worth it to shake it out on stage points and finish fifth in that stage. But if you're even if you're running in the top five and the guy four guys in front of you pit, you stay out. I think you take those ten points. You have to watch what Crafton does too, because you can't put yourself in a hole where I think if, if you're Derek Krauss and you're like leading and let's say Crafton's like seventh coming to the end of one of these stages, I feel like you have to stay out because you can't afford to pit and then Crafton and his crew go, No, we're just gonna take the stage points and you you have that happen twice and then you can finish five, six, seven spots in front of them and, and lose points still. So I I think it depends. If you're leading and like feel like you can legitimately win the race, you may be played to winning the race. Yeah, that's there, fair. There, there's, no, there's no guarantee you stay out because now you're back in the pack. There's no guarantee you don't get caught up in an accident. And now you sure you won the stage, but you finished 30th in the race. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do agree. Crafton's definitely someone they need to keep an eye on. I mean, I mean at Pocono, too, you can pit True. and not lose a lap. So yeah. that that's these next two races will both have that that option out there so definitely pay attention to what craft is doing uh and depending on the position you're in i think it depends on what you're doing obviously if you have a really really good um uh mid ohio and then you effectively tied it up then maybe you just do whatever crafton does it at pocono depending how close you are to him but uh and i do think right now unless something drastic happens Derek cross is the only guy that can point his way in I, I agree. I agree with I that also, 100%. I also just remember this. I want to make it a favorite, and I'm a, I think it's a favorite, because the guys in the broadcast were adamant that no one was going to be able to point their way in. I don't know why you'd be adamant about that uh, when you've actually looked at what's gone on in the last month, uh, but they were very adamant that no one was going to point their way in. So yeah, uh, crazy. I, think, I think they'll be wrong, but I, yeah, I think Derek Kraft stands alone in that. Uh, just with the days that the other guys had. Uh, Ankrum finished seventh, but with zero stage points. Did gain three points to the cut line, uh, but 50 back with two races. And now you're in a position where you need not just Matt Crafton to have issues, but probably Derek Kraft to have issues too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why I don't think Ankrum can race his way in. He's only 21 back of Kraus, which is not insurmountable, but I mean... I think if he, in order for him to catch Kraus, Kraus probably has to have issues. Then you have to hope uh, Crafton has issues. It's entirely possible, especially in the truck series. 
but I just I don't see it happening. Yeah. Uh, Matt DiBenedetto, Tanner Gray, no longer within a race. Uh, DiBenedetto lost 19 points and is now 62 back. Tanner Gray lost 20 points and is now 70 back. 100% they have to win the race. Uh, DiBenedetto was running in the top. I feel real bad for him. He was running in the top 10. Uh, he had gotten a couple stage points in stage one. And, or maybe stage two, I can't remember for sure. And was in a position to close that gap a little bit more. Certainly benefit from Derek Krause's uh, issues. I mean, if he just finishes 20 spots better than where he finished, which would have been 11th, which is worse than he ran. I mean, that, that puts him 32 back. He's riding that hunt with, with Derek Krause. So I understand 100% why he was uh, as upset as he was. Uh, Tanner Gray lost 20 points. He's now 70 back. Uh, what a slide it has been over the last three, four months for him. Uh, yes. Three months. I I, I got I got to give a shout out to Caden Rush on that one because he, he was all over that at the beginning of the year. And we were like, man, you know, maybe maybe Tanner Gray could be doing something here. And he's like, he, he was good at plate tracks at the beginning of the year and that front loaded all of his points. And it definitely I mean, seemed he, that way. He finished good at uh, Las Vegas as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's had the speed to where if I don't know that he'd still be in, but he'd be right there if he could just finish where he ran. And I, he's maybe done that twice in the last three months. Mm-hmm. Like it's just been very, very bad for him. Uh, Crafton, first guy on the inside, is the, kind of the cut guy. Uh, Twenty nine points uh, up on the cut line, finished tenth with no stage points, uh, which is really why I definitely think. Kraus would be a favorite without the penalty. Uh, just the day he had, Kraus finished behind Crafton, still would have gained eight points just because of the amount of stage points he got. But with that 10-point penalty, it's gonna, he's going to have to definitely, like you said, take advantage of the stage points if the option is there. And just do everything he can to close that gap even more, and I think it's going to be really close come Pocono. Yeah. Uh, Grand Infinger, 39 up, finished 32nd with one stage point. Also caught up in that uh, accident with the Benedetto and Haim. Lost 19 points to the cut line. I feel pretty safe for him unless someone wins. If someone wins and now he's racing Crafton, I still think Enfinger's the favorite there, but it doesn't take much then for, you know, the same thing that just happened and suddenly he's out. Right. So certainly close to the cut line for him. Uh, was sitting 58 points up almost a race up on the cut line and just now he's, he's in a position where one more slip up and they might be on the outside. Well, I will say despite the truck playoff picture, you know, looking like it's beginning to take some real shape here, the Xfinity series that almost looks like it's done. We'll get to that here in a few, but let's talk about the race from Saturday. First, Uh, another Junior Motorsports beat down. This time, Justin Allgaier led 134 of the 188 laps. Pretty much untouchable. Won by about four and a half seconds over Trevor Bain, who did back up what we were saying. Very good on these concrete tracks. Pretty good at Nashville when he doesn't have issues. Another strong run from him again today. But, I mean, Junior Motorsports, like, what what can you say about them right now? We, we touched on it before. This is like F1-level dominance. <laughs> from this team and you just load them up. And if it's a non restrictor plate track and not a road course, I feel like it's almost a lock for them to win right now. Well, they've now won 12 straight oval stage wins, uh, six straight races in which they have won both stages. 
I will say this was among the weaker that they looked as an organization. Although I think the finishing positions are a bit deceptive. Uh, even with Josh Berry screaming that he had a crazy loose car, he was still running, I think, eighth when he spun. And I, I think they broke something when he spun. I'm not sure because they never were in the picture again after that. Yeah, I know Priest did make a little bit of contact with them. It was, it it was soft contact. Been, but... might have been just enough to break yeah. something because I think the highest I saw them running after that was 18th. Mm-hmm. And it was later in the race, but not so late that it would have prevented them from being able to make a charge back up. So I don't know if they lost a lap. I'm not sure. At some point, I know they did. They finished, I think, three laps down. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what happened. But, and then Noah Gregson also was running in the top, you know, eight or so most of the day. Uh, was one of several cars where just they, they didn't work out for them. Pretty late in in uh, or I guess it wasn't pretty late. There was seventy to go, but it was right on the edge of the pit window. Everyone that pit wound up being able to make it, but there were eight or so cars that stayed out, and none of them were able to make it. Is included all three Colin cars, uh, Noah Gregson, I believe Brandon Jones, and there were probably a couple other ones in there. I'm not was in there as well. Yeah, who was? I think AJ was in one of those ones. Well, that, I said all three, yeah. all three calling cards. All right, all right, I missed that. All right. Uh, so ultimately, cost them all a finish of better than they would have been running. Uh, Noah Gregson did manage to run up, finish thirteenth, first car one lap down. But still a good day for for Jerem. I mean, and a great day for Justin Allgaier. Uh, Sheldon Creed though caught up in another accident that, uh, while he was certainly a, a key part of this. Was not his fault. Jeb Burton got in a bit too hot, gotten four wide, and luckily, I guess for for the cars involved in this four wide, the other two cars at least, uh, unlike Ty Majeski, who was on the bottom, Jeb Burton was the third car, only took out um, Sheldon Creed, and I didn't get a good look of it, but Joe Graff Jr. came in there pretty late and just kind of finished both of their days if they weren't already done. So, I, I yeah, I just he's a hundred points behind Ryan. Yeah, Seacrest well, yeah, playoff spot now. Yeah, we'll 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 look at that, but it's rough. They I, the only reason I won't put a fork in them is we do have Atlanta, we do have Daytona. Yeah, I mean, that, I, I just, how it's going for him, it's just like I don't even. I just would not be shocked if RCR does a full. Make Sheldon Creed win one of these races. Move. Listen, well, I mean, listen. They can't. They can't because you have Landon Castle and Daniel Hemrick. They're one problem away from being behind Ryan Segan points. They're not going to try to help Sheldon Creed win that race. It's just not going to happen. No, Colleague won't, but RCR can enter more cars, too. I don't think they're going to enter one more cars. I mean, you have the 48, I guess, three. I don't know if that's going to be enough. I mean, you could you could enter, you know, put Austin in in a car. Well, I just don't see him doing that. We haven't seen a team enter extra plate cars <laughs> since I think KHI entered like a that's, fifth car for Tony at that Daytona race. I just, I I do think it's RCR is real strong. They've been real strong at the plate tracks. Unfortunately, they haven't been very strong at very uh, very many other places. But Sheldon Creed just. I mean, he's 100% done for pointing his way in. I just don't 
steal World War if possible. And I think if he does, he would have won a race anyway. So it's over for Sheldon Creed. And this year, I mean, how we were talking last week, it's like, are you are you worried about the future of his career? And like, it is bad enough where like it has to be on the radar. But like today, not. I, not I really think he probably new. like he's got enough talent, and like I said, unlike Brett Moffat, as far as I know, hasn't really burned bridges. That I'm sure he could land a truck ride, but for someone that a couple years ago or even a year ago I had still had pegged as like a potential cup talent, uh, he's looking far from that right now. Yeah, he's. I mean, just I don't even know if he looks just in over his head. I I think maybe there's just he's just got some really really bad luck. Maybe, maybe well, he has hurt. a lot of bad luck. But I think that's the thing, though, right? If he was running top five consistently. And then was having that bad luck, I would be like, well, maybe this won't end his career. Like, it's in a bad spot, but he's still running good. He's not running bad, but, I mean, he's running top seven on a good day. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, that's the big, that's part of the issue, is that not only is he finishing bad, but he's not running good enough to really justify being like, yeah, just th- keep him in the car if this is what's going to happen. I think I think also, honestly too, you could probably say the same thing about Jeb Burton. We are 15 races in the year, no top tens. Hasn't led a lap. I know he's racing for Al Motorsports, but you've seen a he lot is, more out of Alfredo Moffitt. So, yeah, but I mean, Jeb Burton's better than No Gregson, according to Jeb Burton. So, yeah. uh, one other, <laughs> one interesting thing, and I'm sure this has happened before. A lot of penalties. A lot of penalties today. Uh, lots of guys have penalties. All three calling cars got speeding penalties at the end of, uh, I think, stage one. Yep. And uh, that's what I don't remember seeing that before. I I don't know if they all just. I imagine there had to have been something wrong with how they calculated pit road speed if yeah. all three of them sped. Um, but pretty pretty, pretty odd interesting. to see all three. Yeah, no, that's still very very bizarre. Uh, Sheldon Creed also got, got speeding in that. Uh, that stage as well. There was a uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven speeding penalties. Uh, today also, uh, Josh Williams got a penalty for disobeying a NASCAR request. I don't know uh, what that means necessarily. Didn't uh. get parked, just got tail end. So, but looking at uh, some of the finishers, you already mentioned Trevor Bain, but it, I also want to state he got a penalty at the end of uh, actually at the last pit stop that they made. Uh, he got a speeding penalty. Oh, no, sorry, an equipment interference penalty. Uh, had to go to the tail end of the field and still drove up to finish second with no cautions. So could he have done... Actually, no, I think there was one caution. Uh, could he have, have done something if there was a late race? It was weird. Like He would... Pull a couple tents and then all guy would pull a couple tents and he'd pull a couple tents, but he raced through all that traffic. I don't know where he was on the last restart because uh, there was one shortly after that first or that, that last or caution was 70 to go, but very good run and probably had the second best car today. Uh, now that he's made a ton of races uh, in this time span, but this is his uh, best Xfinity finish. Since Chicago land in 2014. So I hope this does lead to more starts. He's been awfully impressive in his uh, five starts this year. 
three top four is the ninth, and Atlanta he finished twenty eighth, but it's Atlanta. So just yeah. been very, very impressive. Uh, very, very unfortunate. We just call Atlanta Atlanta now. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't disagree. Riley yeah. Hurts. I think best race of his career, and the stats back it up. It was the best driver rating he's had in the an Xfinity race in his career. Uh, one, I think it was one eighteen point something. Uh, finished third. He's uh, now tied last year's top five mark, which is the third highest highest of his career. And they're not even halfway through the season yet. They're only a couple races short of halfway, but they're not even halfway through the season yet. And he's already eclipsed last year's top five mark, and just. Was a bounce back race for him. He had a couple rough weeks, uh, where I guess not rough weeks. It was like a month because of the time off. But bounce back, finished third. Uh, didn't lead any laps. Still only led one lap this year. But he'll he's he's that guy that if stuff goes wrong for the leaders, he might be the guy that capitalizes on it. We've certainly seen that happen in the Xfinity series. Yeah, I mean, good good run for uh, Herbst. I know I had him as my value pick for the races or the, you know, the Xfinity race this week. So yeah, it was, I, I felt pretty solid. And when I saw that he got the pole, I was like, man, he's got a chance. Didn't pan out that way, but I, I don't really think you could be upset when you get beat by a junior motorsports car. And you know, even Trevor Bain, he's, it's funny to say he's a veteran because he's been in and out of the sport the last couple of years. And he is only like, what? Because it's not like when Trevor Bain left, everyone was like, man, I hope Trevor Bain gets another shot. But now, like, I'm he's kind of put himself in that like Ryan Priest category where it's like, I I hope he finds something. He he definitely, I mean, we, I mean, to be fair though, with Trevor Bain, we kind of said that a couple years ago when he came back in the COVID season to run a few truck races. For Nice, he was supposed to run some last year, but it didn't end up happening. Uh, Ty Gibbs finished fourth, just his third top five since Richmond. But I do want to say he did show some maturity post race, a lot more than we've seen from Ty Gibbs the entire time before this combined. Uh, probably, you know, has had some talking tos by Grandpa, but could have easily come out and been mad at. Sam Mayer, even if he wasn't like raging or throwing a fit like he was before, but been mad at it. But but you know, just said what it was. It was a racing deal. Uh, honestly, affected. And I think this probably made it easier for him. Affected Sam more than it affected uh, Ty with the damage to Sam's car afterwards. But wish wish Sam never hit him because he would have probably spun out and maybe even backed it in the fence. He got bailed yes. out there. That is true. That is true. When, when the announcers um, saying, "Man, that was a save of the year," it's like, no, not really. Another car hit him and straight the back out. They the also did say that he was safe because <laughs> Sam Mayer hit him. It wasn't like they just talked about how good, all right, all right. how good Gosh. Sam Mayer or uh, Ty Gibbs is. Not a save uh, in my book. Was. That's all. <laughs> uh, more importantly for Ty Gibbs, though, now still like twenty five back from AJ Allmendinger, mm-hmm. uh, and that that points battle is tightening up as I said it would. Uh, we do go to a road course uh, next week. And I'm sure I don't, they go to another one. Go to at least two more, I think, before the playoffs. Uh, Watkins, Watkins, Glenn, Watkins and Glenn, Indy Rose. So, some more chance for AJ to get some more points. But Ty Gibbs, 25 back. Justin Allgaier, only 32 back. 
No Gregson, 42 back. And Josh Berry, more, but 75 back. If he has you know a couple good races, he'll put himself in that contention too. So wow. for all four, by the way, Jerem Cars in the top uh, six with Sam Mayer being one thirty-five. Although right now they are uh, second or third through fourth, so I'm sur- sure they'd like to um, at least take those top two spots. Which I, th- I mean, I certainly think Justin Allgaier and Noah Gregson can. You know, uh, Menchie, I, I think, oh, I think any of them really could, but like they they keep having problems. Ty Gibbs too. I, I my gut tells me AJ Allmendinger is still going to win the regular season championship when you just factor in the road courses and that he seems to just make less mistakes than the other guys behind him. If I get the field, give me the field, a hundred percent. If you made me pick a specific driver, I might still stick with AJ. But if I have AJ versus the field, I will take a field every time. Just because, and they just like, they led good in that lap today. This was one of, and this is what makes their strategy such a shame. One of their better races in terms of overall speed. Oh, spent a lot of time in the top five, and then that strategy uh, cost them uh, probably about ten points or so. I don't know exactly where he ended up finishing, sixteenth. So you know, it's about ten to twelve points, depending on where he would have been running if uh, they had just stuck on the same strategy as everybody else. Honestly, I don't understand why, like, AJ and they were even close enough to the front that they should have at least come down pit road just for gas. We saw a couple guys do that. Uh, and then obviously they weren't able to stay at the front, but these guys would have restarted near the front anyway, probably in, in or around the lead. So it was, uh, I would have at least come in for gas there if I was a car in the front instead of staying out. Just. At least then you put yourself in a position where if it goes green, you're gonna should be able to hang on for a top ten. But mm-hmm. uh, Sam Mayer finished fifth, another fifth. All his top fives have been thirds or fifth still, but he did have a broken AC for basically the entire race and had a speeding penalty at the end of stage two and had that contact with Ty Gibbs. Despite all that, still rebounded to finish fifth. So. Uh, very good. And this was one of his more, with all that considered, maybe actually his most impressive race uh, of his short career so far. Outside of the top five, there are a lot of, especially because of the strategy, I think a lot of guys in the top ten that we don't see there a lot. Now, we do see Ryan Priest there a lot, but just, I'm going to keep talking about it until he gets announced into something because he deserves it. Second top ten of the season uh, and was probably a lap away from getting past Sam there. I thought he was going to get past him because he was there and had more speed, but just couldn't quite do it. Uh, Jeffrey Earnhardt ran pretty solid all day, uh, even spun a uh, little over, I think, midway through the race and uh, finished seventh, though, just his fifth career top ten. Really good run for him. It was. And it was. Yeah. It was the kind of thing you wanted to see in that car. Because uh, even, I think he would have finished probably like 12th without uh, some of the strategy calls from other guys. But it was still the best run he's had in this car, and he's had a couple starts in it. So the kind of run that could maybe lead to more rides around this, maybe a little bit worse, but still better than what he's used to running. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Sieg finished eighth, uh, ran you know in his usual like eighth to fifteenth most of the day, uh, but played the right end of the strategy. I do think he was actually closer on fuel than the other guys. He also stayed out, but he had pit in the stage before that and had, I think if they had two more laps, he would have run out of gas. Like, it was very close. He gave up, like, eight seconds in those last two laps just saving gas. Uh, but finished eighth, stopped the recent slide that he had had before that, 
to now set his third highest uh, top 10 market of his uh, career just a little under halfway through the season. And with the troubles from other guys, I think is in a very, very solid spot. Uh, obviously, if someone wins, he's suddenly out, but very solid if they don't. And then some guys that, that we talked about in terms of our value picks, Brett Moffitt, uh, one of the guys I had is the value pick on the draft of the fantasy team, finished 10th. Just the second top 10 this year at a regular oval. Also has a top 10 that I think Talladega finished top 10 in Austin. Uh, but then the other top 10 at a regular oval was Las Vegas. So solid day. Uh, Parker Rethloff, man. Finished 12th. He, he should also, another one of those guys that, and there are a lot of guys that wind up fitting this. They don't have funding, so they don't get it. But certainly another guy that deserves uh, more rides in whatever equipment there is. Uh, ran, you know, top run 15th all day, but just kept the car clean. Certainly is running better than, and I, I don't know, maybe that car is just, uh, I, I don't know that it's out there just to make money. Cause I feel like they'd start and park it, but certainly runs better than Kyle C does. Yeah. And better than, uh, most of the other guys get into that car and Stefan Parsons finished 14th and it should have been a double top 15 for alpha prime. Ryan Ellis had a flat tire with like three laps to go, had to pit and that dropped him outside the top 20, but very solid race for both of them. I certainly hope, obviously this is funding dependent. I hope whoever's in these cars next year is at least their talent level or better and is in the car full time because I think they could become better, honestly, better than our motorsports. I know the rumor, at least, you know, a month or so ago that I was hearing that they really want Raja in that car yeah. full time. I, if, I, I'm, I know. if I'm Raja, I don't know if I take it. I, I almost feel like the if, Spire truck might be if better. The Spire, if the Spire truck is on the table, I take the Spire truck. Mm-hmm. I take the Spire truck 100%. Just because I also think it is right now, obviously this could change with some, some changes in who's in what ride. Right now, if you made me choose if I want to fight to get into the playoffs in the uh, truck series or the Xfinity series, especially with those rides, give me the truck series in the Spire truck every day of the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't disagree, obviously, if that option is there. We don't know. for I haven't heard any rumors in that other than people saying, oh, this would be a good fit. Uh, I have heard the ones, though, about him potentially being in this car next yeah. year. Uh and I mean, it's entirely possible. Also, he's full time in this car and runs part time in the Spire truck. Who knows? But yeah, they should definitely get some full time guys in here because that almost always is going to help your program. Uh, obviously, funding dependent, but I've been very impressed with the runs that Seven Parsons and Ellis have had. Yeah, uh, my fantasy team Parsons too, because like I don't know, he didn't. He didn't really strike me as somebody who I felt mm-hmm. like could really do anything to move up, and now that he's been in this car for a couple races, it's, it's a little intriguing. It makes you go, hey, you know, maybe maybe something's there. Let's let's see what the kid can do. So I, I fully agree. Um, my fantasy team, even though I had Josh Berry, who got me negative points, and Ryan Ellis, who lost, you know, over 10 points, with the position and the points uh, in terms of spots, I don't know, 15, 20 points in those last couple laps, I still, with the team I made, 
for our, our preview podcast is still cashed in the DraftKings tournament. Uh, <laughs> one, that's just how good Justin Allgaier was. Yeah. Uh, but two, the other guys, Brett Moffitt, Parker Retzlov, uh, I had probably the, the last guy was off the top of my head. Oh, it was Josh Berry. He was the one that cost me points. Then I had Moffitt, Retzlov, and Ellis. Uh, this is all a day. I definitely think after these two races, stand by my Dover is the closest similar to this one, even though it doesn't, it, it would never work on an asphalt track because banking matters that much. And this concrete drive is so different. It does. That I, you really can't take one of the obvious, like whenever people talk about concrete tracks, they also like to throw Martinsville in there. That one doesn't matter. It's just a turn yeah. that means nothing, mm-hmm. but you know, this is the same list of guys when we go to Bristol. Might you know the guys that run both uh, good at uh, both good at both Dover and Nashville? Maybe the guys you look there. But anyone else that, that you want to talk about? No, I mean I think we mentioned Stefan Parsons. You already got on you know Retzlav and uh, Ryan Ellis. Don't really see anybody here. I guess shout out to Dylan Bassett and his team for actually making a race. <laughs> They've had yeah. a really rough year so far, and we uh, really, you know, desperately needed to do something there to get in, and they they did that. So, and I will say, uh, they didn't get good finishes, but in practice, at least, both JJ Ailey and Kyle Leatherman showed some speed. Uh, I don't know I in practice, so I don't know what was going on there. <laughs> I don't quiet. know. I mean, JJ Ailey spent a good portion of the practice in the top. Five, I think. I, Weatherman um, was up there for a little too. Like it was crazy. So, so first of all, one uh, maybe we already kind of thought this since in this first ride with and the Jesse or not his first ride, but in one of his rides with Jesse Uchi car, he took it to a twelfth place at Darlington, sixteenth place at Martinsville. Uh, now had a power steering issue and a crash in the last two uh, two races in that car, but. I don't know what happened to, to J.J. Ailey. I don't even know if he started because I missed the very beginning of the race. But he, uh, I know, was in the garage, eventually came back 30 laps down and just uh, didn't get, obviously, once you're 30 laps down, it kind of ends your day. But, uh, I mean, hey, it was unfortunately for Sheldon Creed, he didn't crash late enough. He still lost one point to J.J. Ailey there. But the, just some other guys that have shown some speed there. Uh, I mean, J.J. Ely coming off of one of the best runs of, honestly, of his career. <laughs> oh, that's uh, fair. It's crazy, because if, if if he was announced as full-time in, like, an Alpha Prime car, the internet would lose their mind in being so happy for him. Oh, yeah. 100%. When 14, 15 years ago, they hated the guy. Maybe he's a little strong, but they were like, he has no business being in anything. Uh, and it's just what time will do. Sometimes you go, you pay your dues, and it really does affect how uh, the general population feels about you. Uh, I missed it, but one area we haven't mentioned, what happened with Tyler Reddick? I missed that as well. I so... didn't see anything. He only spent 13% of the laps in the top 15. He finished... Uh, 21st, so it's not like he like crashed and was out of the race. I but I didn't hear anything, I, and I, I know I'm I don't sure think he was on. 
because they, yeah. they had an engine change, but I, I yeah. don't know what happened to him throughout like, the I don't know. They just never noticed him. Yeah, he was just gone. Uh, looking at the cut line, not much to look at. Already, uh, but Ryan Sieg now has a 69 point lead on the cut line. Uh, just running through the guys that are the first guys out, not that it matters much. Alfredo, 69 back, and just very impressed with, with this season. Um, benefited early on, especially from just being a little bit luckier than Moffitt and Jeb Burton had. I think it's you can't even argue at this point, Alfredo has ran better than Jeb Burton. Period. 100%. Jeb doesn't even I have a top 10. I, I don't know I don't why agree. anybody would say that Jeb's run better to begin with. Well, in the, in the beginning of the season, there was a lot of arguments, like a month, a month and a half in, that Alfredo was only there just because he had kept the car clean, which, one, is a good trait you want to have in your driver. Uh, so that's one thing. But two, I mean, at this point, it's just not true. They've all had plenty of opportunity to catch him and Moffitt's close, and I think Moffitt will probably get past him, but he's definitely ran better than, than Jeb Burton. But Alfredo, 69 back. Moffitt, 72 back. Brandon Brown, 74 back. Turning his season around a little bit. So obviously not what he expected, but uh, Jeb Burton, 93 back. And Sheldon Creed, 100 point back. Good news for Sheldon Creed, this might be the basement. I don't know. In terms yeah, I... of, not in terms of points back, but in terms of positions, Oh, this right. might this might be the basement. Uh, he obviously crashes, could easily lose more points. But the next guy after Sheldon Creed is is Myatt Snyder, who is thirty one points back, um, and I think he'll stay ahead of, of Myatt Snyder. Yeah, well, uh, uh, hey, I, you know, just, I don't know, man. We got road courses. What if it rains or if something happens? What if Creed wrecks there? Myatt Snyder did do pretty good at Portland, so. I mean, Creed did better. He just then also wrecked. So yeah, well, we can pencil him in. The uh, front in to, terms to of guys that would be know? within sixty, just because there's nothing else to look at. But in case someone else won, uh, I don't have the exact point totals because it doesn't matter that much right now. But Herbst, Henrik, and Castle are all also within sixty points of Sieg. So if Sieg were to become the guy, first guy out, at least then there's a little bit of a race. I don't hope it happens. I want. I think Ryan Sieg deserves to be in the playoffs, honestly. Uh, based on the way he's ran, especially compared to the way his the guys behind him this year, and there is you know still what like ten, twelve races. Uh, they have, yeah, yeah, yeah. They have seven. They have a thirty-three race season, right? Yep, yep thirty. Eleven races, eleven races left for them. Uh, so I mean, with two plate tracks. You know, uh, crazy things have happened. Uh, but I mean, I think it's, I'm pretty confident in the point lead itself is being safe. Obviously, they can't go out and repeat the last two weeks over and over again because then it'll disappear. But if he just does what he's been doing, even if Creed gets hot, he's more likely to win a race than a race with a 100-point deficit. Mm-hmm. Especially because hot for that team is literally running top five. Like. I think hot for that team might just be finishing. At this point, it might be finishing. It might, it might be finishing. Just, it's just, it is. It's no bad for him. There's not, honestly not very often where I genuinely like feel bad for a driver, but just so few of these incidents have been his fault. Uh, since uh, Austin, uh, since Coda, where he was 11th in points, 
had finished in the top 10 in four of the first six races. He has two top 10s. They are only eighth. So that's problem one. And not only the only two, they're only eighth. But his other one, two, three, four, five, six, seven finishes are all 22nd or worse. And has slid from 11th in points to 17th. So yeah. it's just Rough. been bad. It's, um, it's I been will bad. say uh, for at least the truck in the Xfinity race, for our overall predictions, I, they were probably among the best they've been. Uh, in the truck series, you obviously had Priest, who I said was also probably my favorite, but I did pick Zane Smith. They finished 1-2. Uh, Derek Krause ran pretty strong. He was was your value pick. And I had Carson over from the bars. My value pick would finish third. And I just think with the way he's run, if he is 1,500-plus, maybe not at mid-Ohio, although he did do pretty good at Sonoma, so we'll see. But at 1,500-plus, I think Carson Bars is bad almost every week. Yeah. I'd agree with that. He is going to win. And if he continues to be 1,500 plus, only has to win one out of the next 15 races, uh, which one, they don't even have that many left in their season. Uh, But two, I would take those odds that he wins the race there. Uh, Unfortunately for you, your your, uh, head-to-head that week, or for the truck race, you picked Chandler Smith over Ben Rhodes. Did not work out. I don't remember if anything happened to Chandler Smith or not. Um. I feel I know he had some issues. I know he spun out in one of those late wrecks. Ben Rhodes like basically hip checked him trying to avoid it. And but he, he had issues. I think he had a pit penalty. That's what it was. They they left the wedge wrench, I think, in the back of the truck, so they got uh, dinged for removing equipment from the pit box. That put him in the back of the pack. And uh just didn't have enough laps left to go up through there and make that up. And then I had Zane Smith over John Hunter. That one obviously worked out. But honestly, I'm very impressed. very happy with how the Xfinity race turned out. Uh, I was right, and I had Allgaier to win. But I had Allgaier. He finished uh, first. You had Mayer. He finished fifth. Excuse me. Uh, I had Priest as my value pick. He finished sixth. You had Herbst as your value pick. He finished third. Yeah, we were on it. So. Very good. Both of our head-to-heads worked out. I had Algar over Gregson. You had Trevor Bain over Tyler Reddick. And so good, good, good so far. I know. I that was good. Um, just uh, very happy. I at least got to secure the bag on Friday night. So that was that was good. You know, I'm, I'm tired. Then, I, I don't know how many times, whether it be in the fantasy or in the race, like. I'm sitting there, and you know something's going to happen in Dunstan. It almost happened in the damn truck race. It almost did. I, I still don't know what exactly happened because Fox was too busy showing me replays, but Priest was able to hang on. So that was good, at least. So unfortunately for this second, Marky had to step aside. So we are, uh, we're going to the bullpen, and we're bringing in one of our good buddies, John Finley here with us, or as we like to call him, Mocha. Mocha, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Brandon. I'm doing that's, great. <laughs> that's great. Uh, short notice. I know Marky had some stuff they had to take care of, so he can't be here for this segment. But, you know, pretty simple. Just talking about the cup race and what we saw. Another pretty solid race at the Nashville Super Speedway. A lot of stuff going on. <laughs> A lot to unpack. Um, race started out a little later in the day, and that, I know a lot of people were a little bit upset about because it did allow the weather to come into play. 
first stage, while we did have to sit through some lightning strikes, it, it was pretty much a Toyota-dominated show with uh, Martin Truex Jr. and Denny Hamlin really battling it out for the race lead. Truex coming home with the Stage 1 win. Stage 2, that's when we have the really big delay. A couple lightning strikes, a big rainstorm, and that pushed the race late into the night. Truex came home with Stage 2 as well, and it looked like it was going to be one of the three top Gibbs cars between Truex, Hamlin, and Bush. Then, out of nowhere, about 100 laps to go, you know, Chase Elliott makes a pretty good pit call. They come in, they take some tires on a restart with about 90 laps to go. Goes from 14th to 6th on the first lap on that restart, and it gives them a bit of a tire advantage that whole run. He runs down the Toyotas, passing Kyle Busch for the lead. Green flag pit stops somewhat cycle through Chase and Kyle after a late yellow for a Chris Busher loose wheel. You've seen too many of those this year. They line up on the front row, and Chase got the best of Kyle on the restart. And while he did have to hold a couple other guys off on the last restart of the race with about four laps to go, and that was probably a big talking point, too, with how that ended. Uh, Chase Elliott, second win of the year. I know Marky's very happy he did pick him to win the race. I'm sure he wishes he could be here to brag about it. <laughs> but fortunately, he's not. But, you know, just just some takeaways from that. What did you think of the whole race and the, the finish and everything that went down there at the end? Yeah, overall, I actually enjoyed the race. Um, you know, aside from the rain delay in the middle, I, I thought we had some good racing. I was really impressed by Joe Gibbs racing. They were up front the first two stages, basically the entire time they had the top three spots. Um, that was kind of interesting to see. We haven't really seen that, I feel like, all year. Um, but, you know, of course, it didn't shake out too well for them at the end. But, um you know, it, it'll be interesting to keep an eye on them for the rest of the, uh, or at least for next week. Yeah, I know. I, I think you bring up a good point because they were awful at Sonoma. We are going to a road course next week at Road America. So that is definitely something to take a look at. Really, all the manufacturers except Chevy, so Ford and Toyota, they've been really hot and cold. You've seen Joe Gibbs Racing kind of show up for some races, but nothing like this. I remember Las Vegas towards the end of that race. That was the first time they really started putting something together. I know you were there, unfortunately. Uh, there was a late yeah. yellow, and your your buddy Alex Bowman won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was there, and it's it was interesting. You know, it's kind of fun, ironic uh, that Hendrick Carr edges them out for the win at the end there as well. Yeah. So I think it's going to be interesting to see if they could build off that performance. I know they're probably really upset that they didn't win, but just going through the lap counters, Toyotas in general, when you throw in the 2311 cars, because Kurt Busch did also lead a couple laps, it looks like they led all but five, maybe six laps. Chase Elliott led 42. He had a real fast car, but didn't get up there till the end. Outside of that, Ryan Blaney led one. That was on a restart where he's racing side-by-side -side with Truex. And Joey Logano decided to take two tires there um, after one of the early stages. And that gave him some laps under caution, but he was not able to hold the lead. So very dominating day by Toyota. Just missed out on that statement victory um, with Chase Elliott able to come through there in the clutch. Now, I know we were talking about this when we were just going through the race, too. Um, on that last restart, you have a couple guys that are older tires. Cole Custer and Brad Keselowski get into it. They both slam the wall. I think everybody thought that should have been a yellow flag. This is something that NASCAR's really struggled with in terms of consistency. Kind of made a statement, it sounded like, just going through social media. Bob Hawkers, you know, did talk about it where, you know, NASCAR's in a box. And they say, well, 
when we threw the yellow at the end of the all-star race and that was the wrong decision we thought we'd let him race but i think what you saw at the end of the race on sunday night that was one that should have warranted a yellow given how hard the drivers got into the wall and the fact brad kozlowski's limping around he could easily been hit you know if somebody gets knocked down there where he was so just real questionable decision yeah absolutely i completely agree i think I think the no caution was a little bit lousy by NASCAR. Kind of uh, seems to take the easy way out and just let it go to get the race over with. Um, but I definitely think they should have thrown the caution there. If you know they want to be so concerned about driver safety, I think that that's something that um, raises some eyebrows. Yeah, I I would agree with that, and I I get the argument when they bring up the All Star race, but you know different different wrecks in the All Star race. I think it was Stenhouse. He maybe touch the wall and Ryan Blaney's like 10 feet from the checkered flag. Obviously in a normal race, the race would have already been over at that point, but because of the rules that really threw everyone for a loop, but you know, I, you've already seen it on social media. You already hear people talking about, it. it's like, would it have been different if somebody else was leading? Uh, you know, Chase Elliott is the most popular driver. Really unfortunate that it, you know, that's really the talking point. I don't think it would have mattered. And, Chase had a really good restart there. Wasn't really anybody near them, I think, close enough that had fresh tires from that yellow before. So I think I think you drag it out a couple more laps and Chase probably ends up in victory lane. But I understand the frustration with a lot of people. Um I know, Kurt Bush really, he was he wasn't frustrated with no yellow. He's just frustrated with himself. He wishes he got a better restart there and was able to challenge Chase. But I think by the end of the race, Chase just had the best car. Not shocking that he's able to get away on that last restart and pick up his second win of the year. Um, other people just uh, bring up, I know Ryan Blaney, he had a spin earlier in the race, used the strategy there at the end, came home in third. Um, Austin Sindrick has had an up and down year since the Daytona 500, ended up coming home seventh, so a solid top 10 for him. Kevin Harvick right now in that playoff hunt, trying to get that last playoff spot on points currently, really needed a good day. Looked like he might have had top five speed through parts of the day, but in the end, with all the yellows that came out at the end, they they made the wrong call there and ended up coming home 10th. Bubba Wallace, wild day for him. Have you seen a pit crew worse than that 23 for like a major team? I don't believe I have. (laughs) No, it's it's been out of control. I, I was reading up on some stuff. I think they've had... Couldn't get the exact count, but somewhere between seven to nine loose wheels this year. And I know we've seen a lot of those from other teams as well. Um, it's pretty crazy. They've only had one fall off given that just large number. But, you know, that was a, a rough day for Bubba. I think he had top five speed, definitely had top 10 speed. And he, he probably could have made some noise there if his pit crew didn't keep putting him behind the eight ball. And then when they finally get back up, and running well, he's on pit road when Chris Busher has his wheel fall off, and that trapped him a lap down again. He had to take the wave around, and just he's lucky to get out of there with a twelfth. Really unfortunate. I know he was on the radio; he wasn't happy. I can't blame him. Like after a certain amount of times of this happening, you're you're just gonna get frustrated, and you could really sense it with him during the race. So at least they're able to make something good come out of it, but still not the day that Bubba probably wanted, especially with the speed he showed. Uh, Michael McDowell, 13th place finish for him. Pretty much same situation as Kevin Harvick. Looked like he was going to have, you know, possibly 7th or 8th place finish when that yellow for Josh Balicki came out with about 9 laps to go. 
Uh, took only a top 10, but they are showing a lot of really good speed. So nice to see that out of the 34 car. Tyler Reddick, he got caught up in an incident with Bubba Wallace when they were leaving the pits. When Bubba had his loose wheel earlier in the race, he ran into the back of him. Wasn't really running too good before that, but that really didn't do him any favors. Somebody, you know, that needs to get some points together if he's not going to win a race. And we know Reddick had the speed earlier in the year, but just not showing it right now. Rough day for him. Eric Amarola finished one spot ahead of him in 17th. Along the same lines, um, if we didn't have so many different winners right now, he'd probably be in decent contention for a playoff spot, but he finds himself behind the cut line, and we'll take a look at that in about a minute. But all in all, you know, I think uh, a lot of the guys that needed good runs today, most of them showed speed. Not really many of them were able to capitalize on it. Um Anybody that you were looking at, you know, through the race, uh, maybe surprised you or any thoughts about? You know, I'm going to go to number 13 or 13th place, I should say. Um, Michael McDowell really impressed me the yeah. whole race. You know, mm-hmm. both uh, first two stages, I believe he had a top 10 in both. So, um, I mean, he was just solid all day. Top 10 car for sure. Um, it's kind of unfortunate he, you know, lost the top 10 at the end there, but. Um, I'll be interested to see if he, you know, brings the heat again to another mile and a half or something close to it. Yeah, now, yeah, um, Nashville, a little unique in terms of the size, the 1.3, but yeah. it's it's really it's really hard to just classify it. It really is. I I just say, given the you know, the concrete surface, it's easy to say Dover. Um, I've seen some people throw out there, you know, eh, it runs more like, uh, maybe not what Las Vegas is now, but what it used to be before they put the banking on there. So it's a, it's a unique track, but you've seen a lot of speed out of McDowell recently, and, um, it'll be interesting to see if he could keep that going in the future. Um, I know two guys at the bottom of the list here, just to talk about too, before we take a look at the points, Alex Bowman and William Byron, uh, awful, awful day for both of them. Byron had an issue. We don't know what exactly happened he looks like he had a parts failure we don't know if it was oh it was going before because during one of the lightning strikes they were interviewing him he said something was wrong with the car he made slight contact with chase elliott and immediately after that if i can't tell you if that little contact is what did it for byron or if it was going to break anyways going off into the turn he was able to get it woed up so he didn't end up totaling the car they ended up bringing it into the pits back into the garage fixing what was wrong with it but he came home 35th Alex Bowman, after some issues on pit road, uh, got hunted by Corey LaJoy, and his day was cut short after only 49 laps. You know, Bowman's one of those guys right now. He's real lucky he has that win. If he didn't, he's only looks like nine points in front of Kevin Harvick, which would be for that last playoff spot on points. Bowman, like I said, locked in, but that's a team right now. You're still racing for, you know, points inside the top 10 that you would get awarded, like those playoff points at the end of the regular season. Obviously, you still want to go out there, win stages, win races, but they really got to pick it up because him him and Byron right now, they just seem to be going in the wrong direction. Yeah, Byron really had a hot start to the season and really just hasn't been there the last few weeks, it seems. I really... I don't really know what changed, but um, I, I really would love to see him get it back together and get get back to the front. Really, kind of feel like what changed is that Joey Logano punted him away <laughs> out of the way at Darlington. Really, that really <laughs> was the turning point. It seems a little after that. I don't think we've really seen much of William Byron. It it really has been because you look at after he won Martinsville, 
Uh, Bristol Dirt, he finished 18th, but that's Bristol Dirt. And then he finished 15th at Talladega. Again, Talladega, that's Talladega. Dover, that wasn't good. 22nd place finish, but he followed that up with a good run at Darlington until Joey did get into him, which put him in the wall. Car obviously damaged there, ends up finishing 13th since then. 16th at Kansas. While he did show speed, they had problems there. Did not get the result he probably deserved, but then, you know, 32nd at Charlotte, 19th at Gateway, 9th at Sonoma, and then a 35th here today. It's been a rough, you know, month and a half, two months for that team, and you know, the two wins are going to help him. I think he's actually tied right now in terms of playoff points in the whole series when you're not factoring in the ones that would be awarded for where they finish in the points at the end of the regular season. So he has something in the bank, but with how everything's really shaping up, you're probably going to need more to get a nice cushion through that first round. He's going to really have to work for it in that first round of the playoffs if they don't do something to turn it around here really quick. So that's going to bring us right now to the points. Um, Kevin Harvick right now holding down that last spot. He has a, a nine-point lead, it looks like, over Eric Amarola right now. So it's pretty tight. They flip-flopped. I don't know about you, but I'm beginning to feel like maybe Kevin Harvick's showing enough speed where if we don't get a winner behind him that he might be able to hold on to that last playoff spot. Yeah, I, I believe he'll. I believe he'll do it. Yeah, it's pr- pretty confident in old Harv. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm confident in the, in the old closer. I like it. I like that. That's, that's a throwback right there. We haven't seen Harvick really close anything out, unfortunately, lately. But, you know, they, they had a pretty strong run going where he showed borderline top five speed for parts of this race. Probably the best I've seen the four car look in a while. I know we had a good run at Sonoma, but, you know, road courses in NASCAR, they're well, there's more on the schedule now. It's it's not what you want to be great at, I guess you could say, with all the ovals on there. So for him to have a solid run on Sunday, even if it didn't end probably where it should have, definitely some you know promising signs. He's got to keep it up in case somebody wins. And I'm sure Mark will have more to say about that when he gets back later on in the week. But you know, some of these guys that are further back, I know we're, we want to pencil them in for wins, and I think we all think that they might be able to you know, get to possibly 16 winners still. Right now, you know, Truex showed really good speed. I expect Christopher Bell with the speed he's shown to potentially win a race. And Ryan Blaney, you know, he did win the All-Star race. He did finish third tonight. The Fords have been a little hot and cold, so we'll see. But it's one of those deals where, you know, those three guys are the ones I expect to win. I'm beginning to lose faith in some of these people further back. You know, Eric Amarola, I think people have New Hampshire penciled in for him as a potential shot for him to get a win, given how he ran there last year, winning that race. But I kind of feel like, you know, Austin Dillon and Tyler Reddick, they're not where they were earlier in the year. I'm beginning to lose hope that, you know, one of them are going to be able to win. And if Reddick continues to have the bad luck and, you know, this past race, he didn't even show the speed that we're accustomed of him or accustomed to him having this year. It's going to be really hard to make up that points gap. He's over 50 behind Kevin Harvick right now. So he's got a real uphill climb in these next nine races. If he's not going to win Eric Jones, kind of the same thing where they've shown speed, but I, you know, winning a race, that's going to be tough. 
And then obviously Daniel Suarez already has a win. Then you got to go back outside the top 20. Maybe if Bubba had a pit crew that was capable of putting him in good situations, I'd feel comfortable about them. Uh, Chris Busher for Roush, uh, Fenway Keselowski Racing. He's he's getting there. You know, he had a top 10 run going before the wheel came off. So there's some guys back there. You know, even Michael McDowell, too. I'll throw him in there. He had another race this week where he showed top 10 speed. It seems like some of these guys that people were expecting to win, that line's kind of shifting back. And it's going to be real interesting to see if any of them can do anything, just because I think a lot of us thought we'd get another one or two of these guys after Suarez won at Sonoma. And just coming out of Nashville, I feel a little differently about it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat with you there. I was a little more optimistic. We'd have a couple more winners, but um, I mean, I still think Reddick is a guy who can luck into one or have speed one week and maybe not have some bad luck go his way. Um, but yeah, I'm feeling a little less optimistic about the amount of winners we'll have at the end of this season. Yeah. I'm just Reddick, like about a month or two ago, I felt pretty good. Now I'm not so sure. Uh, so that's going to be, it's going to be interesting how that's all going to close out. Um, taking a look here at some of our picks that me Mark did earlier in the week. Uh, obviously he had chase winning this race, so he gets that check Mark there. I had Ross Chastain, who did come home fifth. Pretty solid day. Quiet day for him, which is probably good. That means he didn't run into anybody, which is something Ross has done a little too much lately. So, Marky gets a check mark there. Uh, also, in the group picks, he had Chase in that one as well. I had Ross. That one was Larson, Kyle Busch, Ross Chastain, Chase Elliott. So, another check mark for him there. Uh, next group up, Hamlin, Truex, Logano, Blaney. I had Hamlin. Mark had Truex. I think one of those could have went to us had there not been that late yellow where the Toyotas decided to pit. Unfortunately, nobody wins that one. Uh, the group with Byron, Reddick, Bell, Bowman. I had Bell. Mark had Byron. That was done pretty early in the day for Mark. Also, Bowman being there really just became a heads-up type race between Reddick and Bell. And with the issues Reddick had, that was a pretty easy win for Christopher Bell. And in the last one, that was... Harvick, Kurt Busch, Chase Briscoe, and Daniel Suarez. That's a swing and a miss there for both of us. I had Harvick, Mark had Suarez. Harvick did end up getting the top 10, so he did, he did beat Daniel, but unfortunately none of us get the check mark there. Also, in the just the long shot winners as well that we had pick, uh, Chris Busher, Ricky Stenhouse. A little bit of a disappointing day for Stenhouse, given how he ran here last year. Still managed to come home 16th, but I think we were both thinking a little bit more out of him. Uh, Chris Busher again, looked like he had a potential top 10 run. Looked pretty good here. Pretty good at Dover as well. Bristol, obviously, in the playoffs, but it'll be interesting to see how he could run there when we get back to a concrete track later on in the year because he did show some speed yet again. Unfortunately, his pit crew showed a little too much speed as well and didn't tighten his wheel on his last pit stop. So, unfortunately, uh, ruined a pretty solid day for Busher. He ended up coming home in the 30th position right behind Brad Keselowski, his team owner, who was involved in that incident late in the race. So, you know, all in all, I think it was a pretty solid weekend of racing. Um, but, hey, you know, I I just wish the rain stayed away. It kind of stunk, you know, being on the East Coast, having to stay up till about 1230 waiting for that one to get done. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think overall the racing was good. Uh, the product was good. Um, but yeah, that rain delay definitely stunk. Um, 
and I think it definitely played a factor in NASCAR's decision to not wave a caution at the end, just trying to get the race done. But of course, you know, we could speculate on that all day. Um, but yeah, overall, I feel like that was a, a good race and, you know, seeing chase win is always fun. And, um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. You know, I think he goes summed it up pretty well there. I know I might not have beat Marky in the picks, but just the overall betting, um, did pretty solid there. Able to bring home some money, which was nice because we've had a pretty up and down year with our picks in terms of that. Uh, hitting a five leg parlay that that definitely helps. Having Ryan Priest win obviously earlier in the week that also helped as well. So pretty solid weekend on the sports book at the very least. Uh, if they didn't have that late yellow, it's probably looking a little bit better too. Probably lost out on a couple of other prop bets there. Not not a ton. Still a real good profitable weekend. But if Josh Balicki doesn't blow up, you know we're we're probably looking at you know a couple hundred dollars more in the bank. So I'll take it. You know you got to take the wins when you can get them, and uh, that was a pretty solid one for Chase Elliott and my sportsbook account on Sunday night. But, uh, you know, thanks for stepping in on short notice, Mocha. Um, sure, you know, if you ever want to come back, we'll gladly have you on. So, <laughs> of course. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was fun. You know, I enjoyed yeah. it. It's fun yeah, talking awesome. about the race. And uh, I watch every week. So it's kind of nice being able to break it down with you. Yeah, awesome. So, you know, any anytime you're free, just let us know. We'll, we'll gladly have you back on the breakdown. Uh, me and maybe Mark will be back. <laughs> I don't know. He's going to be flying home after uh, spending some time with uh, some of his family members down in Southern California. So he might be back later on in the week when we preview Road America. I'm sure he wants to be there just so he could talk about Chase Elliott being the favorite and probably going to win another road course race. So <laughs> I know <laughs> he's he's probably really upset he couldn't be here tonight just to take the victory lap with Chase. But if he is back later on in the week, I'm sure he'll be bringing all the numbers to back another Chase Elliott performance uh, like he had last year at Road America. But until next time, guys, we'll, uh, we'll catch you around. And thanks for listening to the Bernie Breakdown. Brandon Monroe here. Thanks for listening to the Bernie Breakdown. Remember to keep listening to us on your favorite podcasting platform. And remember to follow us at Birdie Breakdown on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and all of our other social media platforms. 